0: Welcome everyone, this is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt, I'm your host. And our guest today is Ken Jacobs. He's an executive coach, does a lot of work in communications, advertising, marketing, service industry, things that that we love to talk about. He is also the host of Taking the Lead, which is a video blog podcast that they focus on talking with leaders in various spaces. And I am always fascinated by people who are working with leaders, are coaching leaders, developing great content in this space. And I'm excited to have this conversation with Ken and and learn more about what he's doing and the insights he's developed in, in working with leaders and particularly leaders of service companies. So with that, Ken, welcome to the program. Thank you
1: so much for having me. I appreciate being here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Let's do a little background and then we can talk about uh, the work you're doing today. So professionally, what was? how did you get into this? What were you doing beforehand? Give us the story.
1: Well, I spent 25 plus years in the PR agency business. I got into management early. I got into leadership early. That was good. And sometimes it wasn't so good. But I knew by around 2005 or six, something wasn't right. There were a couple of those sort of epitome moments. Um, so some people will laugh when I say this, but I'm one of the few men behind the launch of the one and only Wonderbra back in 1994. (laughs) You laughed. This was an outstanding market. I know people laugh, but in reality, no, it's listed by PR week as one of, you know, one of those moments in PR because we really proved we could make the marketing needle move in the virtual absence of advertising, not to knock advertising. Mm-hmm. But all those sellouts and all those runs on store, it, it was due to PR. That, And we had you know, great events and great launches. But I distinctly remember being in a cab on the way to one of our umpteen new events that would promote the new iteration of the Wonder Bra. Perfect. And so here I am, and just this terrible feeling in the pit of my stomach And I'm like, wait, what's going on? You've got the greatest media relations team in the world. You know, they're just awesome. You contributed the strategy and the creative and you're good, so you don't have to worry about it. You've got a great team. Clients love us. And I was working then, it was at Marina Mar Communications and Marina was so great on these events because even though she was our CEO, she'd be, I'm here to help you. If anything goes wrong, what do you need? Do you want me to get the clients out of your hair? You know, everything was great. Why couldn't I enjoy it? Why couldn't I be in that moment? I, you know, wasn't conscious enough then to know that this was a signal telling me, hey, you've had a good career in PR agency, something else has got to happen. Now, the second epiphany. I'm going to be very honest about this. And I'm always honest in these discussions because, you know, life's short, you might as well be yeah, honest, right? Exactly. Was each of my PR jobs at that point, each of those careers of shorter and shorter duration. And to be honest, it wasn't always by my choice. Yeah. So that really told me something. And it was a time for a whole career reinvention, reevaluation figure out what is it I'm meant to do that I'm good at and I'm passionate about. And there's got to be a market for it, right? You can't just be good at it and be passionate. You've got to be able to live a life of abundance, you know, fiscally. And so we created a new, not a new me, it was the real me, but a new job where it was consulting, training, and coaching primarily PR comms, advertising, et cetera, primarily agency.
0: Got it. That because you felt you knew that world well enough and you had experience, and background and network to be able to successfully build a Well,
1: project. it's where I was known and it just made sense. And I knew, you know, certainly on the consulting and training side, I knew the issues that they were having. So it just was just a very logical thing to do. And I think actually I had a third epiphany. So <laughs> yeah. if I can share, I started the business. We got off to a very good start. The consulting was very good. I was getting repeat business. I love the training, that moment where you literally feel well, I guess figuratively, <laughs> you figuratively, you figuratively see or feel the light bulbs going off when your attendees, when your quote unquote students are getting it. But more and more, coaching felt like a calling. So I knew that I had to find a way to get even better at it. Because admittedly, I launched as a coach. You know, you don't have to be certified. Uh, That was good for me then. I'm not not in favor of that now, now that I'm certified. But I knew that I had to grow as a coach. I had to find new tools to help my clients who were stuck. So I went for the training, which was rigorous. I went for the certification, which, believe me, was rigorous. So I I did not want to and don't want to stop the training or consulting, but the coaching became a bigger part of my business and really was growing. And, and, you know, as a result of the training, and again, it wasn't really for the initials after my name, but the training you have to take to get those initials it just makes you a better coach.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm all for kind of continuous learning, continuous education. You know, is a is a key part I think to any any professional, but particularly in coaching, just because I think it keeps you you know ahead of the game, ahead of the game. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so I'm curious what kind of shifts you had to make in your own kind of mindset and approach as you went from being kind of an executive doing the work to, you know, someone coaching executives doing the work, what had to shift or what did you have to learn or what was the the mindset change that you had to make?
1: Well, a couple of things. I mean, the first thing you should know is that in real coaching, in the coaching process, I could coach astronauts, I could coach engineers, I could coach mathematicians, but I choose to coach people in that field. So honestly, one of the big shifts was, you know, as a PR person, you are a consultant, right? So I had a shift From telling to asking to to not know in a consulting assignment, it's obviously different. But, you know, if consulting is sharing my advice and expertise and experience, coaching is not supposed to be that right. Coaching is using empowering questions and a coaching technique. And that's one thing we always talked about. Trust the process. Trust the process that you use. So I'm not. In coaching, I'm not helping my clients or I don't think of it as help. I'm yeah. empowering them to figure it out and help themselves. And as yeah. a certified coach, or at least where I did my training, I believe my clients have everything they need within, but something has gotten in the way over time. So my, my job is not to tell them what to do. My job is to help figure out what's getting in the way and collaborate with them and partner with them to remove it so they can be vastly successful. Now, at the same time, my clients tell me, yes, Ken, there are a lot of coaches out there, a lot of good business coaches out there. I feel a comfort knowing that you've been in my space, right? That you've had my job or or something very similar to my job. And they say to me, you know, I've worked with other business coaches, there's something extra, there's something extra. And I'm like, hey, if it works for you, it works for me. (laughs) And as a marketing tool, you know, to market and prospect, you know, in an area where I know and I've been known, you know, it makes the marketing and the biz dev certainly a lot easier i'm i'm a big believer in having a niche yeah i don't believe in this i, I could serve anyone you know and even in many of my clients where i'm doing biz dev consulting they're like well i've done nine types of pr and i've got to put them all on my website because if not i might miss an opportunity i'm yeah. like well wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute you may have done nine types of pr Are you truly or advertising or marketing, you know, serving nine industries or nine practice areas, you know, but are you really going to get the assignment? Are you really expert in it? Because if not, someone who's expert in it is going to get the gig. They're going to get they're going to get the assignment. So instead of focusing on being everything to everyone. You know, own your niche areas. Now own three or four. And if you're not comfortable calling it a niche, if you feel that's limiting, what if we call it your expertise area? Ooh. Yeah. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you, Ken.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I mean, a, a classic kind of strategy. Uh, question, which is you know wh- where you're going to focus. You you can be anything you want, just not everything you want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to pick. And yeah, I agree. I mean, like uh, the fundamental kind of coaching process can apply to you know so many people in so many situations in so many industries. But yeah, there is. I think there is something not so much about the coaching capabilities, but your ability to kind of fluently understand and talk comes so much easier if you actually have industry experience, either that you've worked in the industry or, or that you were actually in the industry for a while you know, that becomes, you know, it's kind of accelerates the process I find. Yeah. I I always say you're not hiring me as a consultant, right? You're not hiring me as a subject matter expert. You're hiring me as a coach who happens to know your industry really, really well, which means we can just accelerate the process. And I will intuitively understand a lot of the issues a lot faster and better than other coaches.
1: Very well said. Now let's complicate things. In my first weekend called mod one of, uh, Tra- coaching training, which is from IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, to whom I'm very loyal. I love being in the IPEC family. But most of us were 35 to 50 ish, and there was one young woman. She was like 26, and I think many of us were thinking, "How can she be a coach? She hasn't lived. She hasn't been in business. Blah 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 blah." But then, but that goes up against the notion that coaching is a process. And if you become expert at it and if you know how to formulate a coaching engagement and you know how to create a coaching session, you know, you don't have to be a whole like me, you know. And I got to tell you, so, of course, in the process of the coaching training, you're doing a lot of coaching. There's all these role, you know, sure. kind of, you know, you're acting out, you know, you're role modeling coaching and, and what have you. Damn, she was good. She was great because she really understood and embraced the process, used empowering questions, didn't yeah. share advice, didn't share counsel. So her quote unquote lack of experience for her was a plus. I've grown out of touch with her, but I'm, I'm going to have to look her up on LinkedIn after this because I, I hope she's got a thriving coaching practice. She, she really brought that to life for me.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great example of the coaching process is is a little bit of an art, and knowing how to kind of ask the right questions, observe in the right way, comment on the right things, you know, is really what coaching is about. And so, it's yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised <laughs> that, someone, that that someone younger can kind of figure that out quickly. Yeah.
1: So related to that, you know, you got me thinking about mindset. That shift of, and this is my mantra that I've used, don't tell, ask. Every time you're tempted to tell, just ask instead. And even if your client comes up with an answer that's different than you would have, that's the right answer. That's Mm -hmm. the one in which they're engaged, in which they have, you know, cliche skin in the game that they're going to act on. And as a coach, you've got to trust your client instincts. To say this is right. And of course, when we ask questions, you know, we light up such a different part of the brain. And and this has been seen on either MRIs or CAT scans or something, probably MRIs, but you know, you tell someone something. And so it's the person getting the MRI and a certain part of their brain lights up and it's not that bright, whatever. But when you ask a question, and these are the tests they've done, not only it's like lightning, you see all this activity in the brain. And it's lighting up the portion of the brain where there is creativity, inspiration, passion, buy-in, all these wonderful things that we need to have happen in our client's brain for their brains to really create change. It's remarkable when you shift from telling to asking. And, you know, there's a book, I have no relationship with the author. Though I'm very excited, I'm gonna I'm gonna be attending a webinar, and I'm blanking on his name. But it's the Coaching <laughs> Habit, and it is all. It's a, such a simple read. Oh, it is yeah. so. Do you know it?
0: Well, I do. I'm gonna blank on the author as well. But. <laughs> yeah, it, it's
1: three names. He's got three names. But maybe we can add it after the fact. But but it is. I am recommending it to every one of my clients because even though my clients aren't coaches, they're leaders. You know, it's not written for coaches. It's written for leaders. And, yeah. and managers can get a lot of value out of it too. And it's such a practical tool to, to really help you understand why questions are so effective. And they just give you a question and then there's another question. And, the, you know, and yeah. boy, you know, I tell uh, leaders, yeah, I, one, of my, one of my biggest recommendations to leaders is shut up and listen. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> and, but But what are you listening to? You've got to listen to the answers that come from good questions. So yeah, exactly. That yeah, that I would was say, a big like a, mind good, shift a
0: really good really good manager is really a coach, right? I think like Oh coach, gosh, yeah. Right, it's like asking the probing questions, like exploring different alternatives, really, really clarifying criteria, gathering data, you know, developing insights, you know. So, yeah, I totally i And it's uh Michael Bungay Stainer. Yes. So yes. that is, it's uh, The Coaching Habit, and he has, he has a couple of other ones, too. I'm just I hope he's
1: listening, but there yeah. are so many of us reading this thing. And, I again, I'm encouraging all my clients. And there's not there, it's so fulfilling when a client says, I use some questions you've used with oh, yeah. me. <laughs> and, boy, the results I've gotten, that's just like...
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. So tell me, when when you're working with the leaders that you work with in, in these types of PR advertising agency kind of businesses, what are some of the typical issues, challenges, uh, things they're coming to you with, or the things that are coming up in the in the coaching conversations? Sure.
1: So there's a few. I I thought about. We worked with one leader and his leadership team. He wanted them to take on much more of the management of the leadership of the firm, but. He had some challenges in delegating and empowering. So it was that classic, why don't they take more from me? Why don't they do more? It's like, well, what happens first? Do you give it to them and tell them, I have the confidence you can do this? You're running this now? Because I always say, you know, if you're waiting for them to say, I'm ready, it's never going to happen. You've got to delegate and empower maybe before either one of you feel the leaders under you or your leadership team You know, is ready. I also coached some of those leaders who had some issues with confidence and fear and showing up and being decisive. So it was a joy to coach a few people, you know, in an organization. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: the good news is they made these changes. The leadership team stepped up. He ultimately sold the agency. He's now working on his passion project, which is wonderful. Still, he's doing some advising and consulting there. And they have all stepped up as leaders in ways I don't think anyone could have expected four or five years ago. So that was highly, highly fulfilling for me and, and from what they tell me for them. Another example is a leader, a second in command who had a command and control approach, my way or the highway approach. And boy, <laughs> yep. that, that does not work. And, and in the agency business, it's true in PR. Well, this was an integrated communications agency. Um, so, but I'm sure it happens in marketing, advertising, digital, you name it, where we have leaders who are not good leaders but they're good at pr they're good at digital they're yeah. good at social and especially good with clients and especially good with biz dev and so we see them not leading their teams effectively and we we let them alone right we let them go because oh my god i can't muddy the waters cuz they're they're a cash cow they're bringing in all this cash yeah, exactly and i don't want to i don't want to shake things up with the client but you know the client's going to realize that hey I've had the same EVP or senior VP on my business for five years, and that's great. How come I have another senior AE every year? (laughs) How come I have another VP every year and a half? What's going on there? So this person, and I want to give them credit, we went very deep with coaching. We did some 360s so they would understand how the team was responding to that style. Mm -hmm. Um, No surprise, they were all miserable Mm -hmm. and not loyal. Not loyal to her, not loyal to the company. And yep. she really went deep and did the work. And we were in touch a couple of years later, maybe two years later, and retention was like 95%. And yes. and this is pre-COVID. This wasn't about people afraid to look for other jobs. This is an unbelievable number for the agency world. And because that leadership style, they totally, tra- she transformed herself. Yeah,
0: that's great. So,
1: and you know, we have a lot of that In PR, and I'm guessing marketing advertising as well, where they're great practitioners of the business, and they're great with clients, and they're great with selling, but we promote them into leadership without really thinking about, do they have leadership skills? Do they have impassioned, loyal followers? So I think, you know, on the industry side, we've created that. We've created the side. We've created that. Yeah. We've created that problem.
0: Yeah.
1: Do we have time for one other example? Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. Give right. me another
1: So there was one. I, I met someone, an agency owner, at uh, the industry conference where I do most of my prospecting, where I speak a lot about leadership. And she wanted to talk new biz a bit. And I thought, there's something else going on here. I'm just, yeah. there's something with fear, lack of, I'm just, gee, I really thought that's, you know, she'd asked me to do it So we stayed in touch over the years. Uh, we eventually started working together on business development. But in the back of my head, I kept feeling that lack of confidence. And so, you know, to do really biz dev business development takes guts, takes courage. You're asking clients for referrals. You're asking past clients for referrals and connections. You're forging relationships and you're making the ask. It takes guts. So the biz dev wasn't working. And finally, I said, can I share something with you? And you always ask permission first, always ask permission. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, which did. When you ask permission, it does something to the brain where it opens up. So I you know that was intentional. I said, you know, I've always suspected there's an issue with X with fear and lack of confidence and discomfort. And I don't think I can help you as a business development consultant unless you're open to and I can help you work on walking through your fear and walking into your courage as a leader. And she was very open to it. And she shared some things from her youth that were driving her fear. So we worked on that. No biz dev. We're just going to work on coaching six months. We did it. She really came from a different place. We went back to biz dev consulting and she beat her. And I, I, I always encourage my clients in Bizdev to set ambitious goals and a stretch goal on top of that and yeah. she beat her stretch goals two
0: years running yeah so that was it was a game changer for her yeah yeah Yeah, what do you find is is you're kind of working with prospects or or meeting prospects, meeting folks, and are thinking about coaching? They're interested in coaching, or you're thinking about if you want to coach them. What are some of the things that you look for in terms of people that are going to be good coaches? You know, people that you can work with that are that are going to be successful, are going to benefit from the process versus those that you just don't think are are going to get a lot out of the coaching. Well,
1: so I start with what I think of as my brand. I don't know if it's a brand because I don't always share it with the outside world. Maybe I should, but but. You know, I I help leaders. Well, I help senior executives, agency owners, corporate communications types, you know, marketing, again, corporate or agency to achieve and exceed their organizational, career, and personal goals by becoming more effective, inspired, and inspiring leaders. That is something I share. But what I don't share, what I think about is I work with leaders who are ready to make positive, sustainable change and are willing to do the work to get there. Because unlike my days and when I was on the agency side, you know, I and, and my team, we were responsible for success. And if... A PR plan and implementation campaign was not working. Client didn't have to fix it. We had to fix it. Coaching is a very different endeavor. Coaching is a client-led endeavor. They've got to be ready, willing, and able to do the work. So that said, if my instinct is that this person isn't ready to do the work for positive, sustainable change, I will either back away and recommend someone else. Mm-hmm. you know, or I just don't engage because it is a client led endeavor. And, you know, you got tr- as a leader and as a coach, got to trust your instinct, trust your gut, right? It's always right. Mm-hmm. It's always right. It, it's yeah. ahead of your brain, right? Yeah. yeah. So if and- my instinct is this is not going to be a great partnership, I feel an obligation to back away.
0: Is there anything specific that you look for in that because I oh, I certainly get the philosophy I guess is there something that someone would say or something in someone's history or Something would that they would come behaviorally communicate or tell you that would be an indicator for you and whether they're going to be you know al- aligned with that and, and going to be successful or not so successful.
1: Yeah, you know, basically, if they can a couple of things that we might look for. You know, if they're able to articulate, here's what, here's the situation, here's what I might be doing wrong, mm-hmm. or here's the situation. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I know that as a leader, I've got to make some. You know, if it's if it's all about everyone else in the company, yeah, exactly. that, that's <laughs> mm, you know, back away. I always love that one. Back like, away, right? I, um, I want to be
0: coached because all these other people are doing things wrong, and right, I need to learn how right. to change them. <laughs> so you know, I know that's not going to go so well.
1: I really look for an openness and an open mindedness. Yeah, that you know that that's really it. So so you know, willing to take responsibility. And really desiring change. And you get that right away. You know, one of the interesting things is you talk to an agency CEO or president, whatever, and they talk about, I want to bring you in to coach this person or these people. And as you talk to them, you think, you know, what do they say? Fish smell from the head down. (laughs) You know, that's... (laughs) The issue I, I mean the issue may be them and I may be able to help them and that's the, the people below them and I'm willing and able to, but I have a big sense of when when it starts at the top. And you get this kind of let me at them, let me at them, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they're not ready, what's the point? I might ask, have you thought about How your leadership style might be affecting their performance or might be affecting, I won't even say contributing to, but might it be affecting the performance you're reporting. And if I even get, let me think about that, you know, I'm encouraged. That's a good sign. But if it's no, I'm just fa- I'm type A and I'm fast and furious. And if they want to succeed, they've just got to learn how to adjust to someone like me. Now, that may be true. You know, sometimes someone has chosen to work in an environment where it is a fast and furious approach and we can help them adjust their leadership style to working for someone like that. You know, sure, that sure. that can happen. It may not be ideal, 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 but it's going to be better than it is now because at a certain point, you know, if someone has some fear issues, let's say, and I got it, it's rampant in the, it's amazingly rampant in the business, mm-hmm. but, you know, and then you've got that type of leader, you put a target on your back. It's like a heat-seeking missile. And the more scared you are, the more you show up with lack of confidence or victimhood, the more they're going to come for you, even though that's not going to help you succeed and it's not going to help their agency succeed. It's just something that happens. So we we can help people first survive and then thrive. And we talk about this may not be the ideal leader for you, but I wonder what might you learn Mm -hmm. if you can make more of this, if you can make, let's not worry about forever. Can you imagine thriving there? What does that look like? And that's a question, you know, a lot of people haven't thought about. They've only said, oh my God, I work for this type A leader. You know, they're living in their victimhood rather than owning it and saying, how do I maximize this?
0: Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, all those, situations are opportunities to learn, right? So it, yes, you're, you're going to have to figure out how to cope. And yes, it's going to be awkward and, and potentially painful at times, but it's going to be a huge learning opportunity. And, and the fact is, is that's kind of life, right? Like you're going to run into people you don't necessarily like or naturally gel with all over the place. And if you can learn how to, you know, effectively work with those folks in a way that is protecting your boundaries and, and your own values, but allowing yourself to be effective in terms of working relationship, that can be hugely beneficial in all sorts of ways. I'm kind of curious, like, just kind of last question here. What do you really love about coaching? Like, as you've done this for a while and you've had lots of, you know, success and work with leaders in different areas, for you personally, what's the the big value, the big enjoyment that you have as a coach?
1: Well, there's a few. You know, one is, and we coaches talk about this, there are times you're coaching someone and for some reason the universe has conspired that the issues you're coaching them on that day are things you need to hear, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh wow, we just went over something that I, it's a change I've got to make in my life or my business. And that happens a lot also in the biz dev consulting when I think that, so consulting, so I am able to tell them things, that that I just told her three things she should do. When is the last time I did that? (laughs) No. Oh my lord. So So you get this sort of reverb benefit to your own business as an entrepreneur. But the other thing is, it is so, amazingly, tremendously fulfilling when in that moment, you know, to a breakthrough, to see something that's getting in the way. To embrace their Captain Sully, their, I've been talking a lot about courage lately, you know, Uh embrace their courage, embrace their Lincoln or their Harriet Tubman or, you know, pick the courageous leader of your choice, right? That's amazingly. And you, you just hear it in their voice. You, you get the energy and most of our coaching is over the phone seems to work, but we'll do zoom someday. We might do in person again. We'll see. But when you hear that lightness, when you hear the commitment. That they're ready to go forward. I can't even begin to tell you how fulfilling that is, and that it. And and sometimes I hang up and I say, and for this they pay me, yeah. And then and yes, and handsomely Good. as they should.
0: <laughs> yeah. The value, great value. Yeah. Value. So
1: so it is. I think back to that moment in the taxi cab of, of that you know feeling in my stomach. I enjoyed the PR agency work, and we did some work that was very fulfilling and had purpose even be- we didn't call it that in those days who knew but you know we we did a number of cause related programs and just you know knowing we were having an impact on that was great but for me doesn't begin to compare what everyday is like plus okay. i mean i don't get emergency calls <laughs> i don't get i mean if a client really needs me on the weekend they know i'm there for them Yep. But you know, I hear how a lot of agency people live their lives and how I lived my life to not have that.
0: I mean, wow! Yeah,
1: it's just you <laughs> know, it's great.
0: Yeah, Ken, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, what's the best place to get that information?
1: Yeah, just my website www. Obviously. Dot J-A-C-O-B-S-C-O-M, like in Mary. Dot com. J-A-C-O-B-S-C-O-D-M dot com. And as you mentioned, that's where our taking the lead video segments are. You just go to the website, find taking the lead. And if I can share, we've we've developed a leadership ebook about leading leaders on your team, about leading your leaders or the leaders in training or your potential leaders and they'll when they go to the website that should pop up right away. So if they're if they are at the point of leading leaders, leaders in training, I believe they'll get value from it because leading leaders your your approach must be different than just when you lead teams or individuals.
0: Yeah, this has been a pleasure. I'll make sure that all that links and everything are in the show notes. And thank you so much, Ken, for taking the time today. I, it was a great conversation. and I enjoyed having you on.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeld.